This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to the Big Midweek Show. The cats have taken over the show. As you can see, there's the other cat. That's part of what's going on. Look at the wonderful kitten. As I tell you about all the amazing offers that are still out there with our friends at DraftKings. Riot is running to try and get two DraftKings now because she's so excited. What? My kitten. I thought you were handing me the cat. No, she's my kitten. If you want something that you love as much as my child loves this cat, you'll love DraftKings. (laughs) <laughs> all right if you haven't tried it yet uh right now we're you know we're hitting the end of the nhl season we've got mlb in full swing it's a great time to get in and play pick your team stand to the salary cap uh, do all that good stuff now download the DraftKings app and use promo code thpn to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week that's promo code thpn to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. eligibility restrictions apply ow 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 See DraftKings.com for details. DraftKings, better than being scratched by a cat. Should be their new slogan. Our soda of the week. Fago's Rockin' Rye. Says it's a naturally and artificially flavored cream soda. What's happening? Just throw these cats and just they just get thrown around. Poor little kitten. Poor little kitten. Smells like a cream soda. Well, maybe you'll like it. What's wrong with your tongue? How did that happen? Probably cat for in my drink as well. <laughs> Here, I'll add some. No, don't put cat hair in your drink. Just drink the soda. <laughs> this is the show, folks. Mmm. Sweet. Kind of get that red soda flavor. Trying to taste. What does that taste like? It won't stay in your mouth long enough. I mean, it won't stay in your mouth long enough. Uh, it's not like. Ow, my tongue. Ow, your tongue. <laughs> I tried to keep this out of my mouth and it hurt my tongue. Oh. Don't worry, everyone. Midnight's in here too, apparently. Oh, dear heavens. <laughs> it's good soda. Go get yourself some rock and rye. It's a good yeah. time. Put that down. Oh no. Why am I taking the cat? You're such a pretty kitty. She's so unhappy. She doesn't want to be held. Okay. Cats are on the show. There we go. We have both cats. We're good to go. Now we're going to get into the show. She wants to get away. All right. We're going to start jumping into the show this week. She's your little baby that's going to scratch your face off is what she is. Okay, take the midnight. 
We're gonna start talking about hockey. You wanna stay in for the hockey or you're gonna you're gonna leave? All right. So Blue Jackets, hey, we won a game, guys. Woo! We won what was an exciting, fascinating one nothing win in which no actual goals were scored, only the shootout. Not good. I mean, and because it went to the shootout, Detroit got a point. So Columbus is still last place in the Central, which means our draft odds are still looking quite good. Where'd my draft odds go? Oh, no. Everything's just running slow today. Everything's just... If if you're watching the video version of this, uh, we seem to be getting kind of choppy and everything in there, so we're just having a time today. Uh, draft odds, Columbus is at fifth. So they're an 8.5% chance to get number one overall, a 17.2% chance to get a top two pick. The lowest they can drop is seventh, because uh, only two if two teams behind them jump up into the into the top five, into the top two picks, then the lowest thing goes seventh there. So there's kind of that. Um Still dealing with the cat here, here, folks. That's what we do. That's what we do on this show. My goodness, everything is just loading so poorly today. So, if you were watching that game last night uh, where they beat the Red Wings one nothing in the shootout, I mean, the one highlight was Elvis. Elvis played great. You really felt that this team needed to get a win. I, I actually saw people before the game tweeting about stuff. Just, just, just get you and the cats out because there's problems. Okay, the cats can go. So, Elvis, you know, you really wanted. You saw some people talking before the game, saying things about how they wanted, how it was like, no, don't mess up the the chances in the draft. They, these guys got to win sometimes. I mean, the 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 positive side of a team that is, you know, the positive side of a team that you want them to keep winning. You want them to have that attitude of winning which is important but then the down but then you know in these times these guys have got to get some wins just to maintain their sanity uh because again we talked about it on the last show what was going on with elvis he just wasn't there he wasn't he wasn't all he was just he's just feeling it so to get that win was big uh the the jump into the arms of no one was kind of sad uh just kind of I mean, this is the first win since the team traded away Felino and Zavardin for, for there not to be anyone there for him to hug. It was very sad. I did like the joke he made prior to the game saying that he might uh he might choose to do the he would he would do the jump with Cam Atkinson, except that Cam would he said, you know, it's Cam's kind of small. Maybe he'll have to jump and I'll have to catch him. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um all right, jumping into a little bit of information on the game. Um, my goodness, everything is just taking its time tonight. Even the video stopped. It's being slow. It is being slow. All right. So in this game against the Red Wings, uh, five on five scored venue adjusted when we're getting into the actual nitty gritty of the statistics here. The Corsi 4 percentage, uh, 
the Blue Jackets uh, actually carried play there, 54.49%. And we're getting into the expected goals uh, there. They eh, 45.57. So they actually did not create as many expected goals, but that's where Elvis was really the shining light in that game. Um, the, the last game before that, the 4-3 loss to the Lightning, the Lightning controlled play, the Lightning controlled most of it. So it's just, I mean, we're to that part of the season now where you're just not paying as much attention to, to some of the things going on, which makes total sense because of what's what's happening there. Um, I mean, you, you want to see the team win, but, eh, you know, it, it's, oh my goodness, everything. All right. Uh, next story I want to get to, Jonas Corposalo is out for the remainder of the season, which at this point we're down to what, five games? I mean, it's, it's, and, and, you know, the thing, the other thing about this time of year, because of where we're at and we know we're out of it, you wonder if it's one of those things where if they were going to make the playoffs, if maybe he would still be, in, maybe he'd still be pushing, but I kind of doubt it. Um, the injury, and it was that, it was that goal against Tampa. And I kind of want to talk about this because this, this really kind of annoyed me. It was, uh, both, I can't remember the name of the guy on Tampa, but they kept saying his name because they loved to say it. But he scored his first NHL goal on the play where Jonas get hurt, gets hurt. And when I was watching the game, it was a it was an it was an NBC game. The NBC broadcasters were just going on and on about, oh, what a great shot! Oh, yeah, you knew it was going to come for this kid and all this stuff. And it was strange because it was weird for them to just keep going on and on about that when the reason the goal was scored was you could tell the goalie got hurt. Now, would the goal have gone in anyway? Maybe. But, I mean, it was essentially a wide-open net he was shooting into because Jonas strained or did some. It looked like one of those things where it looked like kind of a groin muscle injury. I mean, he goes across. He immediately just kind of stops, kind of just... Uh, you know, just just looks like he's got nothing left in him for it. And then he, then when he, the when he sees the puck go back, he kind of reaches, but you know he's not going to make it. So we'll see what happens. Um, something I kind of thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to be bringing Tarasov in uh, to get some time in the NHL. Doesn't appear to be the case. Um, I think Tivleniak seems to be the guy who's up, who they're, they're going to use as the backup. I can see the team just riding Elvis for the remainder of the season. So that's kind of where our, our next step is here. Uh, today, John Tortorella was on 97.1 The Fan. A lot of interesting information. And he talked about a couple of things. I'm just going to read the quote here. I felt it right from the get-go. I didn't have the feel in the locker room. I just didn't sense it. It's hard to explain because you walk into a locker room and you can sense when the intensity is there without anybody saying anything, without anybody doing anything. It's really weird. You can feel it, and I have not felt that. This started very early for me. As far as the locker room, where we were just getting our season going and our record wasn't great, but we certainly hadn't lost ourselves. I didn't like it. Um, continuing here. We've had a lot We've had a lot of things go on with our team prior to seasons with Bob, Brett and Bob announcing they want to go. And then this year, Luke wanted to go to this day. I don't like the locker room. I'm not putting blame on anybody else other than myself, because that's the biggest part of my responsibility is to create that is to cultivate that. And I have not been doing that. That responsibility falls on me and it has just not been there this year. Now, 
this is kind of so for Blue Jackets fans, it seems like there's two schools of when, when it comes to talking about John Tortorella. Some people have wanted him gone for years, or some people now just, yeah, we, we just seem to get rid of him, fire him, all that. Um, then there's some that still have this, no, he's great. You know, you couldn't do a better job and all this stuff. I think in those paragraphs, Tort's kind of told us what's going on here. He's lost the room. Um, and I'm not saying this is the code players don't respect him. It's just, this is what happens in, in hockey. Uh, and it happens in a lot of sports too, where just coaches, just their effectiveness, just, do you need something? Do you need, no. Okay. Uh, where their coaches just, they're just not communicating to the players the way they normally do. Um, things just aren't working out the way they need them to, uh, and and I think that's where we're at. I don't think I don't think the CBJ should get rid of towards because he's bad coach or anything. I think it's just it's time. Um, he's been there. The the it's just whatever he's been doing, it's not working. This year, it's not been working. And and we've discussed this some on previous shows too, talking about how the offense seems to keep going worse and worse. I mean, this has been just a situation for this team. Um, so that's, that's where it's at. Uh, the other interesting thing he said in the discussion, and this is, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to read his next quote here from, uh, and I'm reading the quotes that that were transcribed on first Ohio battery. I'm not sure what happens with Nick during the summer in free agency, but I'll tell you right now, Seth Jones is the next captain of this hockey club. In my view, anyway, those are discussions you have organizationally, but in my view, he has not taken a shift off since we've been out of it. Since the trade deadline, since the injuries, he's probably one of the only players in the room that can say that. He just keeps on playing. You look at the situation, you want to see how people react, and I watch it very closely. Man, that guy there has done nothing but stand out for me as far as how he's acted, and he deserved a lot of credit. He's a guy that needs some work in the summer. Z needed some work in the summer. I told Z he had to go early because he needed to get his body taken care of. Jonesy's the same way, but Jonesy wanted to stay in here and play, and he's doing that. Now, to my knowledge, this is the first we are hearing of Seth Jones is playing through some kind of injury this year. Um, I've, I've, you know, he's struggled at times this season, but the, it's it's been tricky because we've talked about this before where it's when the whole team's struggling, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, this guy needs to be better. This guy needs to be better. If just one or two or three guys were struggling, that would be easier to kind of point out and say, okay, what's going wrong here? But when it's everybody that's a bit of a different situation. So um, I, I think this is pretty straightforward. I mean, I, I don't think anybody is surprised by the discussion that Jones will probably be the next captain of this team. Honestly, this is probably the easiest way to transition it since Nick was traded. Even if Nick resigns in the summer, because he was off the team, this would be a great time to do that handoff. Um, Cause technically there isn't a captain right now. And, this way you could give it to someone else without having really stripped anyone of it. You're, you're not telling Nick Felino, no, you can't be captain. So I, I could very easily see a situation where this year in free agency, they, they make the, they, they get it. If they get Seth Jones to a long-term deal and I'm saying, you know, something that's either a five year longer extension, my guess is Seth is going to probably just want to go for the full eight. But if they get five or more years of him signed, which would put him in Columbus, because remember, next year is the last year of his deal. I expect very shortly thereafter for there to be the announcement of the C, uh, that he'll be the captain. 
and even if they resign Felino, I mean they'll still give Felino a, a you know the the A for uh you know he'll wear a letter still. But I, I think that's just kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. All right, going to hear a quick word from our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. Hey guys, all right. So, next thing I wanted to get into, and this is coming up on us faster than you than you'd think it would, um, the expansion draft. Um, what's been making the rounds on on CBJ Twitter and all that this week has been, you know, the blue that the Blue Jackets need to protect Eric Robinson. Uh, the Athletic did a piece where they kind of went through. They it was their mock draft 6.0 where they went through kind of said based on who's going to be available and and out there who should the who should the you know who should the kraken take um one second here guys i'm pulling it up again i i don't know what's going on tonight just everything that can work poorly is working poorly okay so in their draft of it, um, who they project that will, you know, would go off Columbus. They went with a player that I think Blue Jackets fans would not be overly upset if this is what happened. And I'll just read what they put. Uh, they said the pick, Mattis Kivlinix, so the goalie. Uh, the hardest call for Columbus is going to be what to do with Max Domi, who came over from Montreal in the Josh Anderson trade and had an underwhelming year. He earns $5.3 million in his UFA in 2022. It may well be the Jackets take him, make him available to see if Seattle wants to take that contract which would further open up cap room on a team that's already well-positioned to add via free agency if it chooses to do so. Dean Kukin would be another in a long line of serviceable defensemen that Seattle could look at. But Kivliniex is an intriguing option in goal. Elvis Mers Lincolns is exempt from the expansion draft. The feeling is Columbus will trade Mers Lincolns or, or Jonas Corposalo at some point this summer because they have both Mattis Kivliniex and Russian netminder Daniel Tarasov in the pipeline. Kivliniex at 24 would be the goalie of the future option for Seattle. Given the choices here, he might be the best long-term potential. Uh, that's an interesting thought that he would be the way to go there. Um, I can see that. that uh, and I think Blue Jackets fans might not be too upset because, I mean, you know, you can only play one goalie at a time and we seem to have just all the goalies we could need. Um, at least it, it seems that way. It may not always be true, but it seems that way. Um, I did my mock draft, my mock 
protection list on on cap friendly. Uh, shared it on Twitter. You get a couple of hard choices. Um, obviously, for goaltender, you're going to protect the onus because you don't need to protect. Um, you don't need to protect um, uh, Elvis. Or, I mean, maybe maybe you go off the board. If you think Mattis Kvlinix is, is, is good, if you think you're going to keep him long, you know, you think you may as well keep the younger one, maybe you leave Jonas exposed. I don't know. I mean, that, they could go off board and do something like that and kind of just tempt Seattle to go take Jonas because if you know you're going to trade him anyway, uh, just keeps that. Now, granted, if you trade him, you're getting an asset for him, but you're going to lose an asset in the expansion draft no matter what happens. Um, on my list, obviously, I went with the the seven and three as opposed to just eight skaters. So forwards that I would protect: Cam Atkinson, Gustav Nyquist, Max Domi, Patrick Laine, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Jack Roslovic, and Eric Robinson. Now, this leaves one kind of big time guy just dangling out there, and that is one Boone Jenner. So that's a tough discussion to be had. Do, are we willing to leave Boone Jenner open? And and this is where things get tough in the expansion draft because, I mean, that's not protecting Boone Jenner. That's not protecting Kevin Stenland, who a lot of people think is going to be good for, for a long time. Um, so that's going to be kind of tricky there. My thought is, I think Eric Robinson, under a more offensively-minded coach, under a coach that can do this a little bit differently, can... I don't think he can be. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to be. He would be as good as Josh Anderson, but I think he has a role to play that's somewhat similar. Fast power forward that can score. That's what I would do. That would be my. I, I think that would be my list on this. And then defense is relatively easily easy. Uh, Jones, Warinsky, and Gavrikov. Uh, I mean, you're leading, leaving some guys out there. You're leaving a, a Dean Kukin uh, open. Uh, technically you'll probably leave Michael Delzato unprotected, even though he's a free agent, but you can, he still kind of qualifies for you. I, I don't, you can only do so much. I, I think this is the smart thing for a team to do is not overthink this and just accept you're going to lose one guy. So don't overanalyze what you're doing there. Don't, don't, don't think too hard about what you're doing. Um, like the last time this happened, you know, the last one, the Blue Jackets lose um, William Carlson, who turns out to be a just a tremendous center for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, was he ever going to be that in Columbus? I don't know. I mean, he was put with a couple of great wingers down there, and and into a system where it seems like every every center the the Golden Knights put on on the ice is really good. Um, but. I think you're going to do better not overthinking it. And I think Yarmo is hoping to make something off the guys who are overthinking it. And that's what he wants to use some of these first round picks for is try and get trades done, try and get things to make things easier. Uh, and to kind of get, get something out of all this last story this week and a big one. Um, we talked about it on last week's show, how all of a sudden Fox appeared to be who's going to get that B package. And then, on Tuesday, everything kind of came out and came together quickly as far as our knowledge that TNT, Turner Sports, came out of nowhere to get that B package for the NHL. Um, the deal is apparently it's another seven-year deal, the same, so it mirrors the ESPN deal. 
It's for $225 million, which is uh, pretty big. Um, as, as far as, I mean, as far as the, you know, the, as far as the, the team is concerned and the, the league is concerned here, um, this is this is huge to get to two different networks, to get two different, um, to get you know to get to get it set up on two different networks. One's kind of have bigger exposure. I mean, this is a huge upgrade over how many games are on NBC Sports Network. Uh, kind of a breakdown, and where this is different in the last streaming deal, uh, in the last deal, the NHL was making close to three hundred million dollars a year in in. For TV money, as far as nationally, because they got two hundred million dollars a year from NBC, and it's been reported that they made roughly a hundred million dollars off the deal Disney gave them, as far as streaming on ESPN Plus. With the new deal off ESPN, they're getting roughly four hundred to four hundred twenty million dollars a year, and then off TNT, they're getting two hundred twenty-five million dollars a year. So they more than doubled this this income, which is big news for them. It's going to be helpful, although this it's to some people who have been saying this is going to help the you know the salary cap grow faster. It will once we get that debt that the players owe the owners back. Where because I mean if you don't if you if you've forgotten the players essentially for the last collective bargaining agreement they essentially capped escrow, um, and in this season these guys have been getting paid full freight for the season even though there haven't been fans. They didn't play the full 82 games. So what's been happening is when they look at the numbers, they're going to, if they look at it and let's say this year, I mean, cause the revenue split's going to be ridiculous this year. I mean, it, cause normally how it's supposed to work out is the players get 50% of the revenues. Well, this year they're getting much more than that because the revenues are nothing or very little. It's their TV deal essentially. And, and some people go into the stands, I guess, and some sponsorship money. Um, but what this means is the players are going to have to keep paying the owners back. And how that's going to work is when the salary cap would have gone up because there's new money coming in, the owners will just keep getting that money until they hit 50, 50 again. And at that point it'll grow. Honestly, we could still be in, we, I, I still see probably, you know, there's probably going to be three, four years before we see that salary cap rise. That's just probably the realities of where we are. And, and I saw it talked about by somebody else. It's very likely that once it does go up, we could see a, a 10 to $15 million jump in one year. We could see the salary cap go from, you know, 80, 81 to 95 or 92 or something in a single year, whenever it does finally start to go up. So that's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of overpriced contracts there. Um, my thoughts on, on the TV deal. This is good news for the NHL overall. First of all, when you're talking about being on TNT, you were on a network. Uh, you're on a, a TV station there. The thing about NBCSN was if you weren't tuning in for a live event, not many people just left NBCSN on during the day. It wasn't something where you watched other things that much. I mean, 90% of what they show was car auctions. So that's some, that's, I mean, with TNT, they've got all the reruns of Law & Order stuff. They do they have their own shows and they have the NBA and they do other stuff. And, and and baseball, so you may be, of course, that's more of TBS, I guess, has baseball. But 
somebody may be watching for some other reason and it's, oh, this game's going to be on. Oh, okay. There's, there's hockey. Okay. Maybe I'll watch hockey. Maybe I'll see hockey. And it fits that this is happening at the same time as ESPN. And I was talking about the ESPN deal a little bit more. And I think some people are still missing something. That's a huge part of the ESPN deal next year. NHL.TV will not be a thing. All those games, all out-of-market games that are not going to be on ESPN, ABC, or TNT, or your local, like here, Valley Sports Ohio, all out-of-market games are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Now, where that is huge for the NHL. All right. So you're on... So here's the thing. ESPN... Their biggest goal right now is to grow ESPN Plus when it comes from business perspective. You've got a product like ESPN Plus now, and you've got this new product you're putting on there, the NHL. So now when you're talking games, if they want to, when they do their daily talk shows and whatnot, I half expect for them to try and really talk about storylines that are going on in the league and what games are big because they can point everyone to ESPN plus to watch games. And that's what they want to do. We're, we're in a situation where growing the game lines up with the business interests of ESPN. And, and I, I grant you, I know a lot of people in the past have been like, ESPN doesn't care about hockey and you're not wrong in that they have, they've shown that they don't care, but at least over the last few years when they didn't have hockey, you can say, well, it's their business interest. They're a business. Now, they have this product. Here's the thing. And what's really cool about it is because it doesn't rely on ratings and it's just getting people interested in watching stuff on ESPN plus, they can just follow what the best stories are. And they don't, it doesn't matter if it's a Canadian team or anything else. They can talk about any of it. Let's say next year, Connor McDavid is makes a run at, I don't know, a hundred point season or, or, you know, Austin Matthews is is having a great season. Austin Matthews is like making a run at 50 goals or 60 goals or just something. Even though that game may not be scheduled to be on ESPN, ESPN may still be hyping that game up during their during the day on their shows, talking about stuff, saying, oh, go watch it on ESPN+. Plus." If, if a story that happened for the Columbus Blue Jacks a few years ago, a tap is another team. Remember when the Blue Jacks were on that 16-game winning streak? My guess is once you get to about seven, eight, or nine, you'd start seeing on ESPN shows and on their bottom line that you know the next game is on tonight on ESPN Plus. Go watch it. So I I, I can see them doing that because it's almost like they can buy, but because they have that ESPN Plus and they have all the out of market games, ESPN essentially almost has the ability to have almost a national broadcast of almost any game in the league that isn't one of the TNT games ESPN will be able to push big time. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I also appreciated that during the phone call TNT did uh, where they were talking about the deal with the commissioner, there was a discussion that they wanted to, they were going to cover uh, the NHL very similar, how they cover the NBA, which is good news for hockey fans. Cause that'll be cool and interesting. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm interested to see what happens with the draft because apparently the NBC deal uh, NBC has said that after the Stanley Cup final, that'll be their last kind of hockey production. So I don't, I mean, who's going to do the draft? Is ESPN actually going to set something up and cover it? Or are they just, I mean, they may do the ESPN plus thing of just streaming like 
Sportsnet's cover, or I guess not Sportsnet. They probably won't be able to get a whole Sportsnet's coverage. I don't know if TSN does coverage of it since they don't have the rights rights holder. I don't know if they are allowed to broadcast the draft. Um, we'll see. Maybe it'll just be an NHL network thing. I, if you're the NHL, you got to think you're doing something there. Um, even if it's just letting ESPN put the draft on ESPN plus because NHL network is not over. It's not a lot of people don't have it. So we'll see what happens. Um, oh yeah. Last part of this story. Apparently NBC where they lost in the deal was they looked at it and said, well, we're not going to pay more money for less uh, since they weren't going to have every Stanley cup. So they actually went down to a hundred million, which made me think they just weren't, they, they kind of, they had to know a hundred million dollar bid wasn't going to, wasn't going to cut it. So Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Again, subscribe to the show. Let other people know if you like it, all that good stuff. Thank you very much. And for for what, four or five more games? Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at JacketsDebrief. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at JacketsDebrief. And thank you for listening.